0: Praise the Lord. God bless you. This is Apostle Dr. Dawn Nicole Manning. I have been talking to you about healing and being delivered specifically from childhood at ad, uh, adverse childhood experiences, meaning those experiences that you may have experienced when you were a child that caused trauma in your life, where you may feel that as an adult, you're not excelling, you're not moving forward. You may feel as if you know, you've, uh, you have suppressed things for such a long time, but it's still there. in certain triggers may cause for you to snap, so to speak, or certain triggers may cause for you to go back to a bad habit. And it's because for the majority of the time, we have not faced or we have not talked about our adverse childhood experiences. And it's real. Um, as an educator, um, as a person in the field of education, that have studied all the way up to the the, uh, top of uh, what you can actually go for in regard to um, studying and going to school on a doctoral level in education. I just have seen that a lot of uh, ways in which children learn and a lot of ways in which children adapt is based on how they are able to deal with hardship um, when something has happened to them. How it's important as a guide, as a spiritual leader, as teachers, as educators, that we understand how to pick up on those traumatic things that may have happened in a child's life, wherein we are more sensitive to work with them in such a manner. Wherein we bring healing to their lives. See, there is healing from childhood, from adverse childhood experiences. You can be made whole. And um, that's all tied into your spirituality. It's all tied into the way that you have a mind to want to be made whole. Some people don't want to be made whole. The woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment, who had the issue of blood. Jesus told her, he said, because of your faith, you have been made whole. He recognized her faith that she put into action by pressing through the crowd to intentionally just touch the hem of his garment. He didn't just say you're healed. He said, you've been made whole. So some of us have to make, we we have to take the initiative and we have to take, make the conscious decision to say, let me press. Let me, I, I, I want to be made whole. I don't want what happened to me to cause for me to feel like that's it. I'm damaged goods. This is what defines me. This is the way I have to act because that happened to me. No, you can be made whole. Through the word of God, you can be made whole. I just hope that you open up your understanding so that you're able to receive what's being said because, you know, um, once again, this topic, a lot of times, you know, in traditional church, You know, a lot of people just say, Oh, just pray. And it's open. Yes, prayer is important, but you have to put action to prayer. And when we say put action to prayer, that means your faith and trusting and believing in God. You have to activate your faith, your hope, and your trust in Him to get your deliverance, to be made whole. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. And we, Lord, I just give you praise for another day. I thank you for all that you have done, great and small. Father, I pray that in this moment that you would open up the ears to those who have an ear to hear, to receive what is going to be presented. Let them take it back in their personal times. Let it, Lord Jesus, help them, oh God. Let it edify their souls. And Lord, let them share it to bless somebody else, to bring somebody else into a place of healing and deliverance. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Uh, There are um, things that we go through in life that we just sometimes have to recognize that it may not have been the fall of our own. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is talking to the church and He's telling them and basically sharing with them uh, good news, but he's also letting them know that be joyful even in your tribulation. I'm going to skip back a little bit to uh, in chapter seven, second Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4 says, great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorifying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. Of course, we know that the church was being persecuted, things were, you know, being said and, you know, nonetheless, the, the um, ancient church, they still pressed to make sure that they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, wherein today, those of us who call ourselves believers, we can stand on the word. And that is because the um, Herculean efforts of those who were before us, who carried out the gospel, despite what? Tribulation. Um, Paul said, I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulations, meaning that there that in that verse, yeah, there were things that were going on. And I'm going to tell you this, sometimes the things that happen to us, we did not ask for them to happen. Oh, that's tribulation. Tribulation, you know, that's uh, uh, a, a biblical word, so to speak, or a, a biblical vernacular. But um, today, trauma, trauma. Is the word that we recognize as when we are going through and when we are forced to deal with things that have been presented to us without us saying, that's what I want. You have people who have um, uh, become triumphant over being raped, molested, uh, uh, abused, uh, uh, spoken to in, in, in language that breaks down the spirit um, actions and things that were done, whether it was being a, a, a parent being negligent, even a partner being negligent, these things are what can cause trauma in our lives, the loss of a loved one, um, before we can, you know, really uh, be able to express our grief. Sometimes people are not given the opportunity to go through the grieving process because sometimes from the way you are brought up, you know, some cultures just say get over it. Okay. You know, they have it up, move on. And they don't let you spend time to tell stories. They don't let you spend time to say, I remember. Because sometimes people want to just suppress the loss, not think about it so that they can move on. And that has been found through research not to be always the healthiest thing. It's not the healthiest thing to do. It is important that we recognize when things happen. That's why, uh, as Paul wrote, I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. He recognized. He's like, hello, you all. I'm going to share some good news with you. But I recognize that we've had been through some traumatic thing. I recognize that we have been some through some terrorists. I recognize that we are going through some hardships, but he said, you know what? I'm exceeding joyful in all of our tribulation. And he's trying to, once again, make it known that I understand that we're going through things, but I, I want for us to know that we're going to get through this. See, that's the joy in serving the Lord. You're going to get through this. If you have a mind And if you have a heart to, you can be made whole. So I want to go to verse um, 10, same chapter, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verse 10. And I want to move over because I want to talk about having a spirit when uh, to be able for God to come in and for him to move. You have to be able to have a contrite spirit. I know, once again, things that happen to us that we have no choice in, that we did not ask to happen to us, sometimes can make us angry. It can make us frustrated. It can make us build walls around ourselves where we ourselves can now become nasty, evil, rude because we're hurting. Well, I'm here to tell you today that if we understand what it means to be broken and we accept the fact that, listen, I can't manage all of this. But I know the one who created me, he he did not create me just for me to be damaged goods because God does not make junk. He did not. Whatever that person did, whatever the enemy used in a situation to try to put me down. I know that the spirit of God is stronger to pull me out and to bring me up. But in order for that to happen, we have to have a contrite spirit. We have to be able to say, Lord, I'm broken, but I want to be made whole. See, you can say I'm broken. I'm angry and I don't care. and I don't, I don't want nobody saying nothing to me. I just want to stop. I'm angry. Okay. What you going to do with your anger? The word says, be angry and sin not. Are you going to let the anger control you? Or you cut off people that may want to be close to you because God just blesses us with people with genuine hearts that just want to love on us? Are you going to be so hard and you're going to be so rigid in your, in, in your attitude where you're going to block blessings? Because you don't have the right attitude of of gratitude, the attitude of gratitude to receive it. We have to recognize these things. Let's look at verse 10. It says, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. Okay, so we're here, and we see see it's a godly sorrow and understanding. Something happened. God, I recognize. You know, people say um, you're not supposed to question God. You can't. You and I. It's a someone whoever says that you're not supposed to say that they never questioned, That's a lie. I don't. I don't know about you, but I've lost dear dear people. You know that were dear to my heart, people who are a part of my support system, my life support system, they passed away. And I said, why? Lord, why? Why did they pass away? Why why did you take them? Why? I don't understand. And it wasn't a disrespect to God, but it was just why I'm hurting. You took something. I feel that you took something from me that was helping me. And now I feel empty. I have a void. I feel alone. Why, God? Why? Jesus himself, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, and when he was contemplating all that he had to endure, trying to get to the cross, he said, Lord, if you could just take this cup from me, don't ever think that you're a bad person when you ask God why. That's the first person we talk to. He knows all of our thoughts and our ways before we even speak them. And he understands us. So don't ever let anybody think that you're a bad person. When you say, why, God? When you curse God, Then that's when it becomes a problem. I've seen some people say, oh, I'm not, I forget, I'm not going to think about God. No, no, no. When you deny, when you curse God, that's when you allow for the enemy to come in and really do damage and wreak havoc into your life. But when you have godly sorrow, that godly sorrow is going to work repentance to salvation it's going to work you to realize to say, I need to understand that I'm hurting, but I need you, God. I need, I need you to talk to me. I need you to explain some things to me. I need to give me, give me some revelation. Just give me something. I need something. I'm hurting. See, that's being broken in your spirit and recognizing who God is in your life. Because the opposite of that is when a person says, I, you know, I, 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 I can't, I can't take this anymore and I'm not going to, I'm not going to deal with life situations anymore. And you're talking about what you, 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 but where's your hope and your trust in God? Where is your attention on him bringing you out? A lot of people when they, they don't realize it, but when they allow for themselves to turn reprobate, meaning that they don't want to give themselves for God, his spirit to speak to them. They want to give to their own understanding. They want to make up their own rhetoric as to why things are happening. And then you allow for the enemy to come in. This is where it, what demonic, uh, uh, oppression comes in. This is when demonic possession comes in because you have opened up yourself to say, there is no God. I got this. And you open up yourself for demonic attack. And we got to be aware of that. That's why, you know, some people, you know, they come forth and, You know, their bodies has been shaken with evil and negative forces. And so they yell, they cry out. You know, these things are happening to their bodies where they, you know, they have stronger, beyond a regular human strength. All of these things, it's demonic influence, demonic possession, because that person somewhere along the line allowed for the enemy to seep in because they rejected who God is in their lives. Always remember you were fearfully and wonderfully made. The devil did not create humans. So what can the devil do for you? Absolutely nothing. God created you. He's the one to put the moon and the stars and the sun, the waters, the rivers, the ponds, the streams, the trees, the animals. He's the one who did it. I don't care what anything says. I am a science teacher by profession. And yes, people always wonder, how can she be spiritual and a scientist? Because science is nothing but the explanation of how God created your world, how it functions, and how it operates. And it gives you the understanding of those components. That's what science is. Science doesn't say there is no God. Science, God created everything in this earth. And it couldn't have been done any better than the way that he created it. So why not go to the one that created you? Why not take time to sit down and connect and meditate and spend some time to say, Lord, what happened? What's wrong? What do I need to do? Don't forget that part. Lord, now what do I need to do? And God will tell you. Let me tell you something. And, and I share my personal story because I know that we overcome uh the enemy and we 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 by the by us testifying and by us giving our testimony we overcome the enemy's practices because we're letting other people know that listen i'm a human just like you god has no respect respected person and if god can do it for me he can do it for you when i lost my my father who was my best friend my father was my best friend we had conversations on life issues, spiritual things. Uh, we, We talked about anything from A to Z. And even when we weren't talking, when we were just in a place where we were maybe watching a movie or we were just sitting, maybe he was reading, maybe I was studying. It was just the acknowledgement of the spirit of peace being around him as my father and as my friend. And when he left, the only thing I could recall was to do and, and 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 present the example that he gave me. Remain strong. Stand strong. Know that God is with you. He's for you. He's not gonna leave you. Rely on God. Trust in God. Never give up your faith on God. Stand strong. So that's what I did. I went through the whole process. I made sure that things were done according to his wishes and the way he wanted things done. All the way up until the time. It was time to put him in the mausoleum and that was it. It was finished. It was done. And I had to recognize and I had to say, wow, he's he's gone. He's gone. I was so busy taking care of the program and getting things together, making sure things were done right, making sure that he was laid to rest with integrity. I did not really cry until after the fact that it was a reality that he was gone. He was gone. And I had to sit down and I had to say, okay, God, what next? What next? And let me tell you something. This one word that God always gives me when I go through traumatic situations, he says, live. You always don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't ask God questions because I didn't know what to do. What next? I'll even back up and share my testimony. At that time, we were at the temple. At the temple, we were having some problems with the building. We were not able to occupy it. And I just felt so bad because I'm like, here it was. My father spent 41 years with the ministry. He couldn't even be buried in the very place that he ministered. I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and I'm just saying, Lord, what am I going to do? And I kid you not, right at that moment. My present pastor, Bishop Barbara Glanton. The phone rang. She was on the other end of this other other, uh, other end of the line, and she said, "Baby, how you doing?" And I told her not good. She said, I, "I know, I know things are a lot is going on, but how can I help? What's the matter? What's going on?" And I told her, and I shared with her the situation. <laughs> she gave me directions, told me what to do. And I was able to lay my father to rest in the style that he should with integrity and the style that he should have been as a general in the gospel, in the army of the Lord. And we had a beautiful homegoing service for him. Why am I sharing that with you? Because even in my trauma, that was traumatic for me. I honestly thought my father was coming back because I used to say to him all the time, Daddy, you like a Timex watch? I said, you just keep on ticking no matter what. You take a licking and you keep on ticking. And I used to say that. We used to chuckle. We used to laugh. And so I always just felt like daddy was coming back. He was going to come back. And when he didn't, I had to face the fact that death is a part of life. And I had to recognize that, okay, I, I have to keep moving forward and I have to keep living too. After I had to recognize the trauma that was before me, people think that spiritual leaders don't have trauma. People think that, you know, spiritual leaders, that's like, oh, God got them because we stand strong. We know how to praise God in the midst of the storm. We know how to, but it doesn't take away the fact, just like when Jesus was in that garden. Lord, if you could take this cup of indignation, take it away. We all get there. We all get there. And that's why it's important to stop being broken without a mind to be made whole. Because what happens when you're broken and you don't want to be made whole, you don't know what to say to a person. You look at a person and you judge them rather than having compassion, and understanding. You become negative. You become complacent, stagnant, wherein you become self-focused. And you don't have concern about your fellow man. That's why it's important that we face our traumas. We face our our, our, our tribulations. We deal with them. We go to God and pray about them. We ask God what to do. Why? Help me, Lord. Yes, do whatever you need to do. And I'm always going to say this. If you need help, get you some help. It is nothing wrong talking to a therapist. Find you a godly spiritual therapist that's going to assist you to becoming whole.